0: Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. As we look at the topic this morning, God's purpose. Our priority. And this subtopic, topic Heaven, we have a problem, is taken from the real-life event of Apollo 13 spacecraft as they attempted to, the first attempt to go to the moon. During the flight, the astronaut experienced an unexpected emergency. When they realized that there was a explosion upon the craft to cripple it, Captain said something like this, Houston, we have a problem. Since then, that phrase has been used when any unforeseen or unexpected emergency happened. But on this first day, first Sunday of 2020, I want to make an announcement. Today the church has a problem. Church has an emergency. Now the captain of uh, Apollo 13 called uh, Mission Control in Houston, Texas. But the church needs to call on the one who controls the universe in heaven. And like the emergency of Apollo 13 caused them to lose air and power. The emergency that we face today has potential for sucking the air out of traditional family values and zapping the power out of the family unit that Jeff talked about this morning. And this is especially true among African and Latino-American families. I want to give you some statistics. Although African and American uh, Latino-Americans comprise only 23.3% of the nation's population, in 12 states, the prison population is 51% either African-American or Latinos. In the state of Maryland alone, 72% of all those incarcerated are African-American. That's not to include the Latinos. The juvenile facilities in our nation in 2015 housed some 48,000 inmates. Of this total, 44% were young African Americans, despite the fact that young African Americans only comprise 16% of the entire nation's population. And at the same time, church attendance among black Americans, youth, have declined significantly in the past decade. On On any given Sunday, you'll find more young men out on the local basketball court than you will in the local neighborhood church. Yes, we, we, we have a problem. Why? Because we are unaware or we have forgotten God's purpose for the family, which should be our priority. I want to share with you a theory, and it is a theory. I want you to understand it's a theory called Before Time Theory in order to bring out the point that I want to bring out in this message, I believe being led of the Holy Spirit. God created humanity to prove a point. You see, he originally created the angelic order to bring glory to himself through their service and worship. And based upon scripture that you'll find in Ezekiel 28, Verse 13, Isaiah 14, and Luke ten eighteen. It is believed by some, and I'm one of them, that a high archangel named Lucifer rebelled against God's authority. And this being convinced one-third of the angelic host to follow him in this rebellion. He is now referred to as Satan, which means adversary, or the devil, which means accuser of the brothers. Now, Satan's rebellion was quickly put down. He lost his lofty position and now awaits divine judgment of God. But after that, God created humanity, a lower form of order to prove to Satan at this point. I can create a being that's less than you that will worship me, will serve me, and honor me simply because I am God. But as Satan waits his doom day, as the adversary, he attacks God's plan and God's purpose. How? By attacking God's people. His attack primarily focused on the two institutions ordained by God. As Jeff has brought out, the first one is the family. The next one is the church. Won't you think about that? What does the church comprise of? Family. Because he knows that if he can hinder the family, he can hamper the church. I mean, he's doing a pretty good job. All you got to do is look around and see the pews are not full. Job was at the center of this divine proving point. Job went through the loss of possession, children, and health at the hand of the accuser. Because Satan accused Job of serving God because of what God gave him, That's right. but Job' troubles was because God instituted the idea. If you don't know the story, the sons of God came parade themselves around God, and Satan came there too. And God asked him, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for somebody to mess up. He said, have you considered my servant, Job? Even Jesus' temptation in the wilderness was God-motivated. The Bible said that Jesus was led of the Holy Spirit to be tempted. So we can see that both Jesus and Job went through personal difficulties. But in doing so, God was praised. God was honored. God was worshipped and God was glorified. Kay just reminded me of a song when I looked at that. The song is based from Psalm 662. And there's a verse in there that says, I was created to make his praise glorious. The truth is that's all our goals should be because that's what we were created for. We look at our text closely. It will validate This concept of God's purpose for the family. Starting in Genesis again, chapter 1, verse 27, says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. I don't see nothing else in there. Male and female. He created them and then it said and then God blessed them and God said to them, get this now, be fruitful and multiply. Now I don't have to be a rocket scientist or get very graphic to tell you how they were going to multiply. Y'all keep that thought in mind and fill the earth and do it and have dominion over the fish and sea and over the birds and over the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Can I submit to you men that, that, that Adam had a very easy job before he committed sin? All he had to do was make love to his wife and to be a supervisor over God's stuff. I think all y'all can identify with that anyway. At least being supervised over God's stuff. Somebody missed that. Over time this love making responsibility became polluted. Because see what happened when Adam sinned, he lost control over the earth. But he never lost his desire to make love. And over the time, making love responsibility became polluted. Man forgot that the physical intimacy was for a purpose. And, and it became one of pleasure and not purpose. Y'all got that? It, it, it was mainly an act to pacify man's flesh. And not obeying God's command. Satisfying man's flesh became and still is man's priority. And when we get our priority mixed up, there are going to be consequences. People in Malachi Day was about to discover this truth as the prophet came. They were religious people. They held tradition and they were doing what seemed right in their own eyes. In chapter one of Malachi, he told the people that their religious practice did not please the Lord. And they said, What? How can this be? We, we bring our sacrifice every day to the altar of the Lord. We worship At the temple every Sabbath day with an offering. But what they brought to the Lord was what they wanted to bring and not what He demanded. Let that soak in for a minute. They brought to the Lord what they wanted to bring and not what He demanded. There's a stripper in Hebrew who says, "Fail not to assemble yourself at the merit of some," but we've gotten into the habit. We give the Lord what we want to, and not what He demanded. You see, God demanded from the people of Malachi day a lamb without spot or without blemish. God did not want their leftovers. He don't want our leftovers today. Hallelujah. We're not required to bring a lamb today. But we are required to give him our best. Getting back to the people at Malachi, here's what they brought. Remember, they said, we're bringing our stuff. But the lamb they brought was blind. The lamb they brought was lame. The lamb they brought was sick. Some of the lamb was stolen. And most of them were not the firstborn. But they thought they were doing right. Listen, I'm telling you, God don't want to be sucking to nothing and nobody. And I venture to say some of y'all watch more TV than you read your Bible. You spend more time in the club than you do in the church. And you wonder why God's not pleased. But the pollution of the sacrifice was not the only source of God's displeasure. The family, the family also became polluted. View with me Malachi Chapter 2, verse 15. Did he not make them one? He's talking about marriage right here. With a portion of the spirit, and that's a capital S, that's God's spirit, that is the breath of life that he breathed into mankind. In their union, and that's the one when Jeff was reading, talking about the man should leave his mother and his father and cling to his wife. And what was the one? In other words, why did God make them one? Why did he give them sexual uh, intimacy? Why did he make it pleasurable? God, so God was seeking something. He said, "God seeking godly offspring. So he says, so guard yourself in, in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of his youth. The men desire to pacify their flesh caused them to seek physical sexual intimacy outside of marriage. And this spirit was passed down to the next generation by the father. The father was not devoted to the wife, so the son followed suit. I'm sharing with the young men this morning. That they will be an example to their future children. You can say what you want to say, but they looking at what you're doing. Verse 16 goes on. For the man who does not love his wife, but divorces her, says, (laughs) says the Lord, the God of Israel, clothes his garment with violence. I'll explain that in a minute. Said the Lord, so guard yourself in your spirit and do not be faithful. Second time, do not be faithless. See, man began to divorce his wife, but it was not the act of divorce that was disturbing. That wasn't the biggest issue. See, Moses had given them a law that they could divorce for the safety of the unwanted wife. What was happening was that if a man didn't want a wife and he knew he couldn't do anything about it unless she was dead, he would go on the trip and take his family with him, but he leave the wife behind and come home. And she would end up dying in the wilderness or desert. The actual word here for divorce really means to put away, to leave behind. And God looked upon this man as being clothed with violence. Now let me give you an example of that. If you saw somebody in a grocery store with an orange suit on, wouldn't you be automatically fearful and I'm talking about one of them jumpsuits that y'all are, or a white suit with a blue stripe. It was something that identified someone with violence. So he said for a man to do that is like a man that's covered with violence. But that really wasn't the worst thing. Worst thing was why? Why was God disturbed about the divorce? See these godly men were divorcing their godly wives to marry ungodly heathen women. I'm going to stop and bring something else out to you. In the Jewish culture they had a certain way to dress. They dressed not to reveal themselves usually a man didn't even see his wife's face until the first night of the honeymoon. There was nothing revealing about her but the foreign women. You could see a little something. So they were divorcing their godly wives. Put this way. They were divorcing the women that looked like ladies for the women that looked like hoochies. Ladies, how's your dressing? How you dressing? These foreign women were dressing to entice men. Move on, Will Carson. See, here's the issue. Marrying foreign women meant that you marry foreign women who worship foreign gods, or idol gods. And one of the gods that they were... Worshipping was the god Moloch. Moloch required that you offer your children as sacrifice. They would actually burn these children up. But like a dog in heat, these men were going around. <laughs> Behind these women, Whatever you say, just let me. See, brother, well, the first baby we have, you're gonna to have to dedicate to Moloch. Okay, okay, okay. Isn't it, isn't it sad that they will not give their firstborn lamb to God, but were willing to give their firstborn child to Moloch? And you might say, well, well, who would do such a thing? Who, What mother would allow their firstborn child to be sacrificed? Why did they do it? And I'll tell you why. Because they were more concerned about themselves than they were about the child. They believed that Molech would bless them. And they cared more about that future blessing than they cared about their future child. And a lot of people said, well, I would never do it. But you do. You do things because of you, not because of your children. We're, we're, we're working with Amber now, our granddaughter. She's experienced motherhood for the first time. And One of her issues was the baby cried every time she put it down. That ain't about the baby. That's about you. you. You don't want to be uncomfortable. Your kid wants to go to a place that's undesirable. And you let them go because you don't want to be the bad parent. That's about you, Dane, about the child. I I I can't I can't stand to spank my child. You can't stand it. What the Bible says is do it. But that's about you, Dane, about the child. So you're sacrificing your child for your own opinion, your own feeling. God makes you a parent. He gave you responsibility. I'll confess to anybody, one of the biggest mistakes I made with my son was to try to prevent him from going through some of the things that I went through. I remember one incident. I was coaching the little league baseball team he was playing for a lower league down there. And Darren, is a, he, he loves to save money. He had plenty of money at the house, but he didn't bring it. So he comes up there and said, Dad, can I have a dollar to buy me something to eat? And I reach in my pocket, and gave him a dollar. I wish now I had he said, no, you go hungry. <laughs> that made him remember the next time he would to bring a dollar himself. But I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to have people say, well, that's a bad daddy. She wouldn't even give his son a dollar. <laughs> Sacrificing to Moloch. See, the people of Malachi today have forgot God's purpose for the family. And when we forget God's purpose, we no longer have it as our priority. I'm going to give you some practical advice and then I'm going to end with some scriptures. How to raise godly offspring. How do we raise godly offspring? Number one, be a role model of godliness yourself. Some of y'all are not going to like it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Two things on this. Church attendance. If church is important, then you need to come. Number two, lifestyle. You can't tell somebody about Jesus and do things about the devil. Second project point, administer, administer biblical discipline. We are just too, as a society, too soft on our kids. They got television in every room. They got social media things, tablets, and phone. And we're afraid to take them away. Two things on the ministry of biblical is Number one, don't settle. Don't settle. I'm reminded of the trainer of Muhammad Ali, the one that came out with folk like a butterfly, sting like a bee. His son ended up being a pilot in the Navy Blue Angels. He said he had one rule for his son when he was coming out. He said, You can go to school or die. You ain't got no choices. Also on the head, don't make excuses. And don't accept excuses. The third one is something that I think we we really need to work on, and that is give praise. We're so quick to condemn our kids when they do wrong, but when we do right, we think it's normal. We'll curse them out when they do wrong, but we won't say nothing when they do right. You need to give praise to them in private, but you need to praise them in front of other folks. Let them know that that's your child. Let them know that you're proud of them. Another point, number four, I believe. Make raising them a priority. Invest your time. One of the things that Satan has done, and don't get me wrong, because my mama had to work all her life. Is that sometimes we're so busy trying to make it. Both parents are working eight, ten hours a day. The daycare center is taking care of our children in, in the daytime and TV at night because we are so tired when we get home, we ain't got time for. Them. And on weekends we gotta catch up on all the things we couldn't do during the week. Make them a, a priority, invest some time and work it out somehow. And here's how I do it. View them as God's property. Now you got to have a relationship with God if you're going to do that right. View them as God's property. And the last thing I got for practical point. We need to pray. And there's four things we need to pray for. Number one, we need to pray for their friends. <laughs> Who's your child hanging out with? Who they hanging with? You need to pray for their friends. Don't try to get rid of them, just start praying for him. You Like my grandmama used to My you come my grandma, she'll pray for you right there. Embarrass me to the all end, but she'll pray for her right there. Lord, I don't know where this boy that David don't brought home came from, but save him, Jesus. I don't know his family, I don't know his mama. And another thing, pray for their teachers. Get to know them. I see a lot of teachers around here. Pray for them. You don't know what they're teaching your child. And then it's something that my wife has taught me. Pray for their mates. Even now, with MJ and and all them other babies around here. Pray for their mates right now. God sends somebody in their lives down the road that's going to love them. Also, pray for their salvation. Don't assume because they come to church and they hear something. They're going to do it. You don't. Jesus. See, like Adam and Eve and the people of Malachi Day, we're still being deceived by Satan. This deception occurs even in the church. And this constitutes a greater emergency than Apollo 13 had. So, heaven, we have a problem. We have a problem because our priority is not focused on God's purpose for raising godly offspring. We have a problem because we cannot raise them without teaching them about God. We have a problem because we can't teach them if we don't know ourselves. We have a problem when adults outnumber children in Sunday school. We have a problem when we demand that our children go to school, but we don't demand that they come to church. We have a problem when we allow our children to disrespect us and other adults. We have a problem when we let them dress any way they want to dress. We have a problem when we allow them to live in our house with signs on their door saying, you can't enter and you paying the rent. We have a problem when we, we, we our society has gotten comfortable with a pastor that said, this man is my first man and not my first lady. We got a problem. We have a problem when we fail to teach them and show them how to be saved. Yes, we got a problem. But we also have a solution. See, the problem of Apollo 13 was how were they going to get back to Earth? Spacecraft was comprised of two compartments. They had the lunar module and then they had the command module. The command module was the one that had the problem. The lunar module was supposed to go to the moon, but since they wasn't going there, they had to fix the problem. What they ended up doing was transferring the power from the lunar module to the command module so they could get back home. Folks, we need to transfer some things. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit like it says in Ephesians 3 and 20. And him who's able to do exceedingly and abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, we have a power source in us, and that power source will lead us to pray. Solomon wrote many years ago, if my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. And when we pray with that power, we can to embrace what Isaiah said in chapter 44, 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Notice, this is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And that righteousness is from me, said the Lord. When we pray, we build a shield around us and around God's heritage. Now, what's God's heritage? Psalm 127, verses 1 through 4. Unless the Lord build the house. Let me put it this way. Unless the Lord build the family, they that labor build it in vain. Unless the Lord God, the city, the watchman, stays awake in vain. It's vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat bread of sorrow, For so he gives his beloved Verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So a children is a one you. We got a problem. But we also got a solution. Maybe like Apollo 13, your life has exploded. You're losing air and you're losing power. But Jesus is just like the lunar module. He has power that's being unused. You need to transfer His power to you and transform your life to His. Then, And only then will you have a safe landing. Stand with me now. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.